Franchise Voice, the podcast from the International Franchise Association with your hosts, IFA's Bill Meyerling, and I'm Jack Munson from Ularity. Good morning, Bill. How are you? Doing great, Jack. Thanks so much for being here today, and thank you to Connie Hill-Johnson uh, for joining this podcast. Uh, Connie is the owner and managing director of Visiting Angels Living Assistance Services, a national franchise in Cleveland, Ohio. Visiting Angels is an in-home provider assisting the elderly and older adults to live as independently as possible by remaining safely in their own familiar home environment. Now, Connie, as you well know, Visiting Angels has a very special place in my family and my life, and I'm glad that we're here with you today to, to talk about your journey through franchising and your leadership of the Cleveland Foundation. So let's go to you. You tell us about your journey in franchising. How did you pick Cleveland? Wow. Uh, thank you first for this opportunity to, to share a little of my story and my journey and uh, my love for my home. Cleveland is where I grew up. Uh, uh, raised in the city, undergrad at Case Western Reserve and then graduate school at the University of Southern California. Uh, my background is primarily healthcare. My graduate degree is in healthcare management. And so I've been in management and executive leadership uh, positions in acute care facilities for many years. And um, long story short, ended up in St. Louis, Missouri, working for a healthcare system and went through a downsizing right after, shortly after 9-11. And so I joined the ranks of uh, many unemployed at that time and uh, was collecting an unemployment check. I will say unashamedly, uh, working with a couple of headhunters and ran across an article in Black Enterprise Magazine that talked about the number of minorities buying franchises. Um, I was familiar with the franchise model, not from a, a entrepreneurial family, didn't have business owners in my family, um, but decided to you know, read the article, uh, find out a little bit more about franchising and one link bill led to another one, which led me to visiting angels. And um, the name caught my attention. I remember thinking, that's a cute name. I remember thinking that. And kind of parallel to that, again, I was in St. Louis, my family, parents, siblings were in Cleveland and my dad's health was failing. And so he was getting a level of skilled home health care in the home. So I was familiar with that, um, but jumped in, called, sent for the offering circular and probably took about six months. I can be very anal six months doing my due diligence before I decided to um, write that check. I struggled with whether I stay in St. Louis or move back to Cleveland, but made the decision to come back to Cleveland for a couple of reasons. Number one, I felt I knew the home care or the healthcare market better in Cleveland. And secondly, my dad had passed. So by then I thought, heck, move in with mom, save some money, cut your overhead. Uh, your mother is not gonna put you out on the curb if, if this doesn't work, you'll always have <laughs> uh, a meal at the table and a roof over your head. So that was in 2002. And um, here we are almost 20 years later. Bill and I are both marketing guys. So we love the idea that you liked the name and, and, and found the name Visiting Angels to be really nice and cute. So I, I, I love that part of the story more than anything. Tell us about the Cleveland Foundation. How did you get involved? Wow. Um, Cleveland Foundation is the oldest community foundation, over 100 years old uh, in the country. And growing up, I always knew of the foundation, 
um, primarily because, and I shouldn't say, I should say my young adult years, I shouldn't say growing up. Um, there was a gentleman uh, by the name of Steve Minter, African-American man, who was the CEO of uh, the Cleveland Foundation. So when you think back to 30, 40 years ago, gentlemen, I'm probably older than you think I am. Um, you did not see a lot of African-Americans in those kinds of positions. So that's what first sparked my interest. And then when I came back to Cleveland um, to start the business in 2002, um, got married shortly thereafter. And my husband and I are givers by nature. Um, we grew up giving and, and it's not always the money, but it's your time, your talents, your treasure. And uh, we decided together, we wanted to start a donor advised fund and what better place than the Cleveland Foundation. Um, I went to a school called Collinwood High School. He went to Glenville High School. We combined the names and we started a fund called the Glenwood Fund, you know, real original, but um, we're, we're both, uh, uh, you know, committed to the high schools that we grew up, uh, that we attended here in the Cleveland area. And, um, you know, both have a heart for students and education. So the fund primarily focuses on students and scholarships uh, for students. But then I was invited to sit on a committee. It was called the African-American Philanthropy Committee of the Cleveland Foundation years and years ago. And again, it was the sole purpose was to increase the awareness and knowledge in the African-American community about charitable giving and philanthropy and giving circles and donor advised funds and um, investment opportunities. And so I served in that capacity on that committee for about 10 years. And lo and behold, I get this call from the CEO one evening here at my home saying, you have been nominated. We've kind of watched you and uh, we'd like you to serve on the board of trustees of the Cleveland Foundation. So I'm about to enter into my fifth year and about to take on the awesome responsibility of being uh, the chairperson of the board of directors of the Cleveland Foundation. What an incredible honor that is. And it's a, a true testament to your commitment to community and uh, your commitment to the people and the surrounding area in Cleveland. You know, it's interesting that uh, a local franchise owner is appointed the chairperson of the Cleveland Foundation because giving back is absolutely a hallmark of, of franchising overall. Uh, just last year alone, uh, we saw that uh, franchise owners gave more than $1.5 billion and committed more than 18 million hours of community service uh, to their local communities. So insofar as you've been working with the Cleveland Foundation now for a great deal of time and are ascending to the chairpersonship, um, can you tell me a little bit about uh, how the Cleveland Foundation has evolved in its service and community partnerships over your tenure? Your, your timing of that question could not be um, it's almost like a, a, a softball lob to me because the, the foundation just went through a major um, strategic shift. Uh, we went through that whole strategic planning process, which many large foundations or associations or corporations go through. And, and I, I will clearly say that we were in the midst of it right before the George Floyd incident. And uh, we came to a screeching halt in the middle of the strategic planning. And we had to step back and say, are we headed in the right direction? What are we really about? Who are we serving? Um, are we making an impact? Are we doing to versus doing with the community? 
And so we reframed this strategic plan and came up with some new major tenets, the main one being that we were going to apply a racial equity lens across the foundation. And that means every area of the foundation that we operated in from our grant making to our uh, who we worked with on investments to, of course, our hiring practices to who our grantees were. Um, we were going to make sure that we asked ourselves that question uh, in every step of the process. Are we looking at our actions uh, through a racial equity lens? And so that was big for us. Um, and not that we weren't before, but we weren't really intentional about it in every aspect of what we were doing. And so that's that started again in 20 in 20. And so one of the biggest things that we're doing, and this was already in place before uh, we made this shift in our strategic plan, but we are moving after over 100 years, being in what I call the ivory tower in downtown Cleveland. Um, we are moving to the heart of the city in um, a brand new building. It's under construction right now. The world is watching and we will probably be moving in at the end of the year. So yours truly will get the pleasure, hopefully, of standing there and cutting the ribbon um, when the entire city of Cleveland and hopefully some national coverage will be present for us to move into what's called the Midtown area. Um, and so that's, that's huge for us to be transparent with the community so that they know they are a part of the work that we do. The rest of the country is indeed watching, I think. And I, and I would assume in almost every community, there's some sort of foundation similar to the Cleveland Foundation that business owners can and should get involved with. How can other local franchise owners from every community or neighborhood or city across the country, how can they follow your example and do something similar in their community? Well, you know, that's a really good question because I have to admit at the very, very beginning, um, and, and Bill probably has picked this up already. I'm an extrovert by nature. Um, <laughs> I uh, am a communications undergrad uh, major, so uh, talking has never been a problem for me. But what, <laughs> but what I did recognize at the beginning of Visiting Angels in 02 and 03, that to get the brand name of visiting angels out in the community and then to get my own personal brand who connie is out in the community that i had to serve that i could not expect the business to grow if i stayed behind the desk and so i was very purposeful and intentional about looking for ways to serve in the community um and so I served on um, a board that uh, dealt with folks who had dual diagnosis, uh, addiction and alcoholism. And I served uh, with an organization called Lutheran Metropolitan Ministries that dealt also with seniors and housing and guardianship. So think about it, I'm, I'm trying to be strategic. All of these either had a, a direct line or a dotted line to the kind of business that I was doing. And so I, I, I wanted to give back and I wanted to serve, but I also wanted to grow my business. I'm, I'm not gonna sit here and say that that wasn't in the um, back of my head. 
And in doing so, not only did the name Visiting Angels get lifted in the community, um, but my name got lifted. And people got to find out a little bit about me and my history and my tie to the city. And as most of us who are Clevelanders say, you know, uh, we won't let anyone else talk about Cleveland, but we'll talk about it. <laughs> We're not gonna let you talk about our city. And we know we get a bad rap sometimes, but um, the, uh, the, the ship is being turned here in the city. We have a new administration and a lot of, a lot of new leadership. So we're excited about the future. And it's interesting, Connie, to hear about the, the intentional uh, approach to getting out in the community. To me, it sounds like um, doing good and doing well. And those two uh, work hand in glove to create community change and grow business. You know, so in, in that idea and following the path of your leadership, um, what, would, what message would you like to send to other business leaders and local franchise owners? I, I think you, you, I think we all have to ask ourselves, why, why are we in the business? And I never get it twisted. I say to people all the time, because I will still get a question about, can you tell me about your program? Or I'll get, um, you are a nonprofit, aren't you? And I'll have to remind people, no, I am a for-profit business and making money is not sinful. And, and um, being for-profit, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but but I, I say to, particularly when I'm talking to new franchisees, I'm always asking, tell me why you're doing this first. Why, why, why do you wanna be a business owner? Why, and why the franchise model? And did you, were you in a situation like me where I was you know, in between jobs and the opportunity presented itself? Are you quitting a job? Did you grow up in an entrepreneurial family? So I'm always interested first in why people are getting into business and why they want to be a business owner. I think, and then the second thing is, is um, looking at the fact that we've all made a choice to be in a service business. You know, we don't sell widgets. I'm not in manufacturing. I'm in the business of serving families. We can flower it up. We can call it what we want to call it, but we are serving families. And Bill, you shared with me your experience um, in having home care and visiting angels in the home. And so in doing that, if you already have a heart that's bent towards serving, and I'm making some big assumptions here, but if you already have a heart that's bent towards serving, then generally what naturally falls after that is looking for other opportunities to serve. And if you can figure out how you can marry that to your business so that not only are you fulfilling your own desires and your own aspirations um, to give back and to serve, you will naturally see your business come alongside that growth. Um, and, and so that, that's, that's, what I, that's what I share with people, find, find ways in your, there are many ways in everyone's community that you can give back and serve. And, and, and there's something out there for everyone to do. And that sounds a little corny, but, but I really mean that. There is, there's a way to give back um, in every community of your time and your talent. And it's a way to, um, in doing so, lift the story of visiting angels also. Because the other thing that I found is spend 15 minutes in a group of people. Someone is gonna mention something about an aging parent. I don't care <laughs> where you are. You are absolutely with correct. A group of people. Yes. Someone's going to say something about mom, dad, grandma. I got to call my aunt who lives in Florida, trying to find a nursing home. 
My grandmother fell down the stairs. Just listen with a third ear, as I always hear this guy on the radio say, listen with a third ear. Someone is going to mention an aging loved one. We're all faced with it now. So opportunity is out there for us to serve. Well, Connie, thank you so much for serving and for all of the great work you're doing. And uh, good luck with the Cleveland Foundation. And we know you're going to have a, a terrific year there. And please keep us posted on the progress that the foundation makes. I will. I will. I thank you so much for the time. Thanks so much for joining us today on Franchise Voice. For Bill Meyerling, I'm Jack Munson. This is the International Franchise Association. 